Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Thank you for your patience as we get back to this topic. Julie and I had actually some uh, interviews and some other things that crept up that uh, made the pattern of the continuation of this series uh, be protracted. So I apologize for that. We are going to finish that this week, though we do have an interview scheduled for tomorrow. The topic for today's podcast is five proven steps to become rich and stay rich. And today is part two. This is one of the most important things I think we've ever presented on our podcast. We've done thousands of shows, and we've had, you know, at this point we're closing in on 7 million streams and downloads and total listens. So this is, when I say that, I think this is, I think maybe you should listen because this is one of the most important topics. If you don't get this topic, everything else is going to just sort of fall by the wayside. And I know you're going to understand more as we get back into our points. For all of you who have been sending me feedback and giving us emails, letting us know that you really appreciate the depth and breadth of this content, I sincerely appreciate it. I know this is not your normal real estate light type information, and we try to always treat you guys with the same respect that we'd like to be treated with ourselves if we are in your positions of wanting to receive the best real estate information that there is, best business advice that we can give. So, yeah, we do go about a 1,000 leagues deeper than most people are going to when they're presenting to real estate agents. Most, of, most folks out there just want to do lightly rehashed mindset stuff with you guys or talk about social networking or talking about things like that that really just literally are they're just, you know, not even that interesting and certainly not that helpful. What we're doing is we're trying to reset your mind and reset how you think. And on this series of podcasts, we're trying to help you seriously reset your mind with regards to how you think about money. Because at the heart of what a lot of us struggle with, especially if you come from humble beginnings like Julie and I, and if you listen to the first podcast you'll uh, on this series, again, it's <clears throat> Five Proven Steps to Become Rich and Stay Rich. Listen to part one. Um, we talked about our exact roots and you know our formidable business years and all the rest of it, so you had a better understanding of how far we had to come to get to where we are. And we told all those stories because we wanted you guys to understand that probably we've been there, done that, um, just as many times as many of you have. And so we kind of all walked the same path. When people latch on to Julie and I, podcast listeners, and um, you know, people have purchased our book, Harris Rules, which continues to be a bestseller on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and all the rest of it. When people discover us, oftentimes there's two reactions. The first reaction is, well, why aren't they talking about social networking? Why aren't they talking about all the easy button stuff? Of course, those are not their words. Those are mine. And so they then try to throw Julie and I into a bucket of old school or, oh, they're just talking about old stuff. Or, okay, I understand where the Harrises are coming from. You know, they're definitely, even though they're listening to us on a podcast and our business is, you know, virtual and all this other stuff, they're trying to categorize us so that they don't have to listen. And that's what people who do not want to change, that's how they act. They just immediately try to go for a way to sort of put you in a specific box. Watch yourself doing this as well. And then from there, they just stop listening. Then there's, so there's that group. And I have to say that's the majority of the people out there. And then there's the other group, which is most of you guys. We have 
thousands of regular listeners. You guys listen to us every day or at least three or four days of the week. We can track most of that on the analytics for our podcast. And you guys get it. You guys are the ones that are saying, I realize that I'm being pandered to by most everything that's out there with regards to real estate advice. And what I really want to do is I really want to figure it out to the point where one day I can be rich where my money works for me. I no longer have to work for my money. And why is it that I've had, you know, and then what, what, these are the internal conversations maybe you're having. And why is it seemingly taking so long? Or why is it that every time I try to uh, create momentum, I'm finding pushback? And so normally a real estate coach would talk about your mindset and talk about you know, more effort and talk about all the rest of those things. But what we're trying to say is those things are all probably true, but here's the other thing that's true. You might actually be creating your own wor- – you might be your own worst enemy when it comes to wealth accumulation. And that is something that we see all the time on our private one-on-one coaching calls. You'll see the typical pattern is you'll see someone that's earned a lot of money. These are people that are personally coaching with Julie and I who are paying $2,500 a month. They'll come to us. Typically, they're going to be – most of our clients that we see are in their late 30s, mid-40s, and sometime in their 50s, occasionally older than that. And they come to us. They always have the exact same story to tell. They've been in the business for a while. They've made literally millions of dollars, and they've got virtually nothing to show for it. Nobody knows they have nothing to show for it. They have a house. They have maybe two cars. They have kids in private schools. They have this huge, nice lifestyle that they maybe never even thought they would have, but they have nothing to show for it. If the cash flow from their real estate transaction stops, they're out of business. Not only are they out of business, but they're you know, losing their house. They're losing their probably leased cars. They've never accumulated any money, and they don't know why. They, you know, you, they stumble upon Julie and I, and they're going, holy crap, so – Maybe there isn't something wrong with me. Maybe there's something wrong with maybe the way I've been thinking about how I approach the accumulation of wealth. And that's what this series of podcasts is is designed to do. And so we are intentionally being provocative on some of the things that we say because I know most of you have the attention span of, you know, cracked out gnats. (laughs) So you don't listen very well, and you don't listen with much intensity for long. And so that's the reason that, again, Julie and I's style is always to be a little bit overly direct just so we can crack through that veneer of passive listening and then maybe help you guys in ways that maybe for the first time you're realizing you needed help with. So, Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you, and I think you're right. You know, people dance around this. They don't bring it up in the first place. I think that there's a lot of, I don't know, maybe it's not the best word to use, but posing, posery, you know, the, one of your, your points that you were just talking about, a lot of people look like or report that they have these great uh, GCIs but have virtually nothing to show for it. And why is that? Typical reasons are they didn't pay their taxes on time, they blew it all on, of course, paid for lead generation, which there's a million different versions of that. Sometimes, I think the worst case, especially with these, you know, quote, big producers GCI-wise, they can't even tell you where the money went because they don't track it. It's like that that churn of the money coming and going so much, um, you know, it covers up a lot of mistakes. So your point in our notes here was to be careful who you emulate. Just because they look like they're cranking it out, you know, does not necessarily mean there's any profit there. Well, that's, that's really that's, – but that's the takeaway point. And what does our industry do? It idolizes – and look, Julie, uh, Julie and I used 
we were top producers. We had more attention than any humans deserved after we sold 100 houses our first year in the business back about more than two decades, two decades ago, which is shocking to say. And after that, we sold between 100 and 200 houses per year for you know the duration of our career. We did have a real estate team. We did do a lot of the things that are still being done now. And this was back in the 90s. And so we speak from authority. But even then, we were learning on the job. And where were we getting our information? From really shitty sources. You know, we were getting our information from people who were, you know, usually in their 40s and 50s. And this is when Julie and I were in our 20s. And they were supposedly people that had been veterans. They'd seen all kinds of different markets. You know, they had these themselves had big teams. They themselves had big overheads. And they we would show up at some of these events that we used to speak at. And we'd run into some of these people where we'd go to the Howard Britain private events. And you'd be talking to people. This was back in the 90s, guys. That's how long some of these bad ideas have been around, especially like teams and ego marketing and things like that. Well, you know, you, they'd talk about how they'd have, you know, three, 400 transactions. There was people that had, you know, that's what the conversation is always about, you know, or they'd talk about, if they didn't sell a lot of units, they'd talk about their dollar volume, $60 million, $80 million, $200 million, $300 million, whatever it was. But what no one ever talked about, ever talked about, was their net worth. And I remember or really what they were accumulating as far as assets. And that always rubbed me the wrong way because the reason that we got in the real estate business was because we wanted to be rich. Now, we didn't have a real succinct definition of it then, but we do now. And rich is simply where your money works for you. You no longer work for your money. Make sure you're listening to the first uh, series that we did on this topic because we got into the weeds about that quite a bit. The moral of the story was is that that was a great business. The, what we are learning from those Howard Britton folks was a great business model for the sake of generating lots of transactions, getting lots of attention, gloating, uh, essentially you know that. But it was not profit-producing. Now, this was two decades ago, thinking about this, and that's before paid leads, as Julie said. That's before all the Internet marketing, before all the advertising. Guess what? You could also get 6 and 7%. On a regular basis back then. Nowadays, you can't. Not really. And nowadays, there's a billion other ways to spend your money. So the, the compression of the net profit to a broker or the compression of the net profit – got it, Julie – the compression of the net profit for the team is virtually none. And I had a conversation – Julie was in on this conversation, too – where I was talking with a broker, a big broker. Uh, you know, Actually, I'll give you even a better one. You guys, listen to the interview I did last week. With uh, Julie, can you find his name? All of a sudden, I'm having a brain fart. David was his yep. first name. Yep, and it's on the podcast. Listen to that one. He had he, top producing broker in Miami, uh, 200 agents. David Wirtz, I think. Great interview. Kurt. Kurtz. K U R Z. Kurtz. Yeah, David Kurtz. Listen to that, guys. It's on um, timandjulieharris.com. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. It's on Google Play. So he was talking about the fact that he, his brokerage was you know 200 agents, Miami, huge sale price. But his average, his net was terrible. It was two percent and less. Think about that. So his brokerage may have done like, you know, a million, two million, three million, five million commission, but the brokerage itself, not his own personal net, guys, was only two percent. And that's called normal in the brokerage business. That's how terrible most brokers are doing. They're making less than no profit. They're losing money. They're having to still transact, or they're not going to be able to keep the lights on. That's how bad it's gotten. It was always a tight uh, revenue business model. Profit margins were always tiny on the brokerage side of things. But now, 
when you look at it with all these different expenses that brokers are just feeling almost obligated to pay, you know, Julie mentioned the lead generation, all the rest of it, the margins have just gotten to the point where there's going to be so much pain when the market slows down. And it is slowing down in a noticeable way. I was on the phone with a great agent in Seattle, and their market's dropped since uh, April of 2018. It's dropped by 15%. You're not hearing about that in the news, are you? Of course, and David's market has dropped, New York's dropped, and these markets are dropping double digits, guys. These are not single, slowing markets. These are markets that have dropped precipitously, and there's no reason to believe that they're going to turn around again. So all the things we've been preparing you for on this podcast for the last few years are coming home to roost. So where do you go with all this information? When you're in business, your goal is to make a profit. Teams are making marginally better profits as much as you can get the information from their you know, sort of sketchy tracking, are making marginally better profits than what brokerages are. And there are people out there that are being, uh, teaching you guys how to form teams that are not being truthful with you about the margins. How do I know? Because when you get somebody who has a team on a call and you start talking to them about what their profit margins are and you see what their spreadsheets are, you see what their expenses are, you look at their tax returns, they're making in many cases the same margins as the brokerages are. And we just talked about that. Because what is a team at the end of the day? It's just an elaborate brokerage, isn't it? And I'll give you an example. There was an agent I was talking to in Canada, and I'm not going to mention his name. And his, he worked running an expansion team which is, again, just basically an elaborate mini brokerage for a broker. And the total GCI was something like $3 million. There was three separate real estate offices in three separate markets, and they were making $3 million in total GCI. The guy who put it all together and was taking all the risk was making less – I don't remember the exact number, so I'm not going to act like I do – but it was less than $200,000 per year before his personal taxes. That's, these are the things that you guys are being taught as to the paths you should follow. That's what I call stupid. There's no other way around it. It's just stupid because if the market slows down, which it will, when the sales momentum slows down, which it will, if all of a sudden the sales velocity slows down, which it will, what's gonna, and those margins are already so small, what's going to happen to that, per, that person who's taken all the risk to form that team and the expansion team? Wiped out. And that's what happens every single time. Is anybody telling you that except Julie and I? Anybody? Have you heard this from anybody? No, because they want you to buy social networking, and they want you to buy ego branding. They want you to believe in things that are just elegant lies, so you'll buy their products. Direct enough, Julie? <laughs> <laughs> I think that gets down to it. Well, right, so one of your your saying, one of your coaching sayings, you know, we have many that try and drive that direct point home is to stop looking for praise, only look for profit. Some of these decisions that these guys make, and it really it isn't that different than in the 90s when there was a lot of ego purchasing going on, is praise. It's the recognition. It's what you crave that the market doesn't naturally give you. Because if we're being honest, deals have gotten more complicated, and on a daily basis, you guys get kicked in the teeth one way or another, whether it's an appraisal that goes sideways or an inspection or an agent that you clash personalities with. And so some of this that you buy is to make yourself feel better, okay? And yet what you're actually doing is driving your profit lower and lower so that it, it's, it's the downward spiral. You're actually working against yourself, even though you might have a temporary hit of seeing yourself on a billboard, you know, makes you feel good, okay? But long-term, it's not sustainable. So I think the way to remind yourself, and maybe even post this on your wipe-off board, 
is to stop looking for praise, only look for profit. The praise will come by you doing a killer job for your clients, and the praise will come from yourself saying thank you, past him, thank you, past fill in the blank with your name, for having it together and not getting sucked into some of those poor decisions. So you don't have to be you know, selling real estate when you're 80 years old. So be on the lookout for people wanting to fill your ego cup while draining your wallet. I think that's a really succinct way of saying it, too. You look for people that are trying to talk, trying to sell you, trying to convince you of things where profit never enters the conversation. That's what you have to be watching for. Those are the scammers. Those are the snake oil salesmen. Those are the people that do not give a rat's ass whether or not you're going to have any profit from your business. They're just trying to placate you. The easiest way for somebody to sell you anything is by making you basically how you see yourself. They're trying to make it so that, look, you buy this, you'll have this placement, you'll see yourself here, what Julie's points just were. So be very careful about how you go about making decisions. And be honest with yourself. You really don't, and neither did we, okay? So don't think I'm picking on you because I'm not. You have really no experience making smart business decisions. Most of you don't. Neither did we, okay? And we learn every day too, still, of course. But so the reality of it is, is most of you listening you go to other real estate practitioners and these fake gurus who have never sold real estate before, and those are the people you get your advice from. Why do you think that's a smart move? You see what I'm saying? You, don't, you personally do not have enough business and life experience to be making valid decisions about anything that you're buying. You're just buying it blindly. You have no way of quantifying it whether or not it's worked. You have no way of knowing whether or not it's worked. You're just doing it because how it makes you feel. Do you notice that? So you're buying based on emotion, which is the easiest way to sell something to somebody, by the way, versus make, buying it based on logic and putting it through a profit filter. So there it is. When you find yourself buying on emotion and it's supposed to be for your business, probably a dumb thing to buy. Next point. Um, where are we? Oh, here we go. I like this one, too. Uh, be, be honest with yourself and others. It won't get you a lot of friends, but it'll, also, it'll ultimately get you the right ones. And that's kind of an interesting uh, thought I wrote down, and it's one of the things that I think when I put these thoughts together, I think it was one of those things that was a bit of an epiphany for, for me because that is the truth. I mean, being honest with yourself and others as we're trying to be, it won't get you a lot of friends, but it will get you the right ones. So as you're working your way through the uploading of your new software, your wealth accumulation software, and your wealth um, retention software, that's what these podcasts are about, uh, you have to realize you're going to be confronted with a lot of people that do not like the new software's effect on you. You're going to start thinking and acting differently. You're not going to be so malleable. You're not going to be so manipulatable. You're not going to be, frankly, you're not going to be stupid. You're going to start thinking through a different set of filters that allows you to accumulate wealth, and they will not understand. And they will, in some cases, defriend you, to use a modern term. And that's fine. Let them. Remember I told you guys that. That's what generally happens. When you start breaking free of the tribe or the pack you're in, because you're trying to improve yourself and take better care of yourself and your family, generally speaking, you're going to have to, you know, frankly, lose some friends. And on the way to forming the new version of you with your new way of thinking and your new application of your new knowledge base, you'll discover new friends. And then that'll, that cycle will repeat itself. That's called normal. 
Don't just get so married to the idea that you have to be stuck in the same paradigm, the same world your entire life, surrounded by the same people thinking the exact same way. You know, we found ourselves in that exact place many times in our life, and we move. (laughs) Julie and I stay in a place for five to seven years, and once we realize we're living Groundhog Day, having the same conversation with the same people over and over again, we get the hell out of there. God bless them. We miss them. They're our friends. But the reality of it is is we can't allow ourselves to become complacent because if we do, that's going to be essentially a slow, you know, miserable adult down, adult, downward adult spiral, uh, and that's what we want to avoid. I think I said that right. All right, next point. And uh, this one, Julie, you can read. All right, so let's see. Life is barely long enough to get good at one thing, so choose wisely. We talked about that on uh, one of the first ones of these. So whenever you hear someone say, quote, follow your passion and the money will follow, you should run. If that were true, you'd already have the money because I can pretty much guarantee you everybody listening has already tried following whatever that passion is. Otherwise, you wouldn't know what your passion was. You couldn't even identify it. There are a lot of things that are worthy in life that don't have a big paycheck attached to them. They are much more enjoyable when you don't have to do them for money. There's a big section in the Harris Rules book about some examples. One of them is personal to me. I've got you know, lots of different coaching client stories about that. But if, when somebody says that to you, it's almost handing you the excuse, well, just follow your passion. You've got to be passionate about it. No, not necessarily. You don't have to be passionate about real estate, but you should be passionate about your own wealth equation. The more people you help accomplish their goals, the more people you help accomplish their goals, the more of life's treasures, some of which may be your, quote, passions, you will discover and be able to follow. Everything you want in life is on the other side of accepting that your highest and truest, most fulfilling version of yourself comes from being of service to other people. Be passionate about that. Don't be weird about this. This this hangs so many people up, and it keeps them out of action instead of getting them into action. So next point, Tim. Yeah, well, those are three great points. I appreciate that. And, guys, we're going to get – tomorrow we're going to get to the actual steps of the actual wealth building, and this is where we're going to get a little bit maybe analytical for some of you, but get ready to take notes, and you'll maybe – some of the information you'll apply today, others you'll, other bits of it you'll apply a year from now. Last time we presented this, we literally had people coming up to us and thanking us afterwards. Um, in Hawaii in particular, when we were there presenting with the uh, elite, they, we had several people come up and say, because we had presented a rudimentary version of this same topic on our podcast maybe three years ago, two years ago, and uh, it wasn't as developed as this is. And we had people come up emotionally saying it's something that changed their lives. And that's the information that we're going to present the rest of the week. All right. So uh, where were we, Julie? Everything you want comes from – okay, here. Everything you want in life comes from sometimes long periods of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And that is really – that's a bitter truth, but it is the truth. So as you hear us say on this podcast – Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level is the key for long-term, long-term ever-increasing levels of success. Some of you believe that success is, uh, you know, basically comes and goes. 
that you have success one day, one month, one year, and it has to be followed by a shitty year. You actually believe that, and so you make it true. In other words, you stop doing the things that it took for you to be successful in the first place, and that's the reason that ultimately you have ups and downs in your income. And a lot of you guys are tricked. You've played mental gymnastics with yourselves, and you actually believe that your success comes from primarily your thinking and not your efforts. That's going back to the witchcraft and hokiness of a lot of the mindset stuff that's out there. Be clear. Your effort equals your results, not your thinking about your effort equaling your results. It's not thinking about well, and postulating about it. what you're going to do, right? It's not the law of attraction, guys. The law of attraction follows the effort. With no oh. effort, nothing works. Some of you, again, have overcom- overly complicated it, and you've fallen prey to this new age thinking. I get it. I understand. It's attractive. It's wonderful to think that I can sit around and think about you know, whatever it is, and somehow magically it'll just appear. A lot of you still believe that. Here's the real bottom line truth. Ever-increasing levels of success comes from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Full stop. That's it. <laughs> write that down. There's your tattoo. Oh, doesn't look good on an arm when you're writing Elfage. You know, wherever the millennials are doing their tattoo font in, you know, it, it because it looks better to have nice little follow your passion and the money will follow. Doesn't that, you guys, don't you see the dichotomy here of what we're trying to present to you? You know, again, we get thrown in the old school bucket. Maybe what we should be really being thrown in is the truth bucket. That's the one I think we'd probably fit better in if you chose to better. categorize us at all. All right, next point, last point, and then the next point is going to be – well, I'll read the title to you guys in a second. All right, last point, keep yourself in motion at all times in all aspects of your life. Remember that inaction is an action, and that goes to um, something we try to help you guys understand and we see this in coaching clients. A lot of people try to get to a point where they're in stasis. They're voluntarily complacent. And I get it. Trust me, I get it. <laughs> I definitely get it. But nothing stays the same. If you stop working out, if you stop showing demonstrative, you know, gregarious uh, appreciation for the people you love, if you stop tending to your business and your clients, if you stop pulling the weeds out of your garden, however you want to say it, it's going to change. Nothing stays the same. There's a lot of Bible verses attached to this in particular, you know, this topic in particular. But here's the concept for a lot of you. You have to monitor yourself where you've stalled out. And wherever you've stalled out, you're not going to keep what you have. You're going to lose what you have at a rate that will make, that'll just make your head spin how fast you'll lose it. If you stop improving your mind, your your skill set, if you stop improving, if you start bringing into your mind a lot of you know people that are going to make you feel a, a paranoid and scared and all these types of things you get from the media, if you start doing all those types of things, those are the types of things that lead to inaction. So psychologically, what's happening is you're giving up control of your own future by not taking the everyday, ever-increasing levels of action to continuously improve yourself. So just remember that, guys. There is no such thing as complacency. It's almost a fake word. Complacency is essentially uh, essentially it's death. That's really it. And even then you're still changing, not to get you know weird, but it's true. All right, part two, which we'll touch on a, a tiny bit today. I'll read a couple of the questions I wrote down. So part two was, why are 99.9% of all agents blissfully broke? Blissfully broke. Interesting concept, isn't it? Now, voluntarily broke, broke. Blissfully means implies that they don't know why they're broke. They don't realize they're broke. They don't know what they don't know. That's what the point of part two is. So the, I wrote down a series of questions, and Julie, you can get to uh, Premier Coaching. I know you have to. Yep. So 
a series of questions, self-discovery questions. First one, and we'll just get through this one today, listeners, is why did you decide to become an agent? Deep down, why? A lot of you have heard us ask this question in live events. You've heard us ask this question on this podcast. I'm curious, why did you decide to become an agent? You know, a lot of people like to say there's a million reasons why everyone decided to become an agent. I've heard people say that before. They're just trying to placate the audience. The real reason that everyone decides to take a risk of any sort is because they think what's on the other side of that risk is better than their present situation, right? And when you're taking on something like a new career or an added career, a.k.a. being a real estate sales professional, when you decide to do that, you probably didn't know what you didn't know, which, you know, ignorance sometimes is bliss, right? Had you known what you didn't know, maybe you wouldn't have done it in the first place. But now you've already committed to it. You've gotten the license. You've gone through all the trials and tribulations. You've been in the real estate business for a while. You're doing transactions. And you're realizing you still have to relearn constantly. And I get it. It's sometimes frustrating. You want to feel like you've got it all figured out. But there's stress in thinking you have it all figured out. Because what then happens is you start getting paranoid. So, you know, If you're constantly learning and trying to make yourself better, based on the idea that what you're striving for, to answer the question for you, to help you think, hopefully, you're striving to be free. Ultimately, that's the reason when we ask that question of folks and they start giving answers. They'll start giving good answers. Sometimes they're a little shallow, the answers, and you kept on pressing them. You kept on you know, making them drill down, as I'm fond of saying. What you'll always hear is the word freedom. They might say it slightly different, but that is what everyone wants. Everybody wants freedom from worrying about money. Everyone wants freedom to essentially liberate themselves from having to face the daily burdens of having a transactional-based life. When you are transactionally based in your life and how you earn income, it is always stressful. You, you know, Even if you have 10 deals going, 20 deals, if you stop doing the things necessary to generate the business in the first place, guess what happens? You lose money. You lose momentum. Maybe 90, 120 days from then, you are what? Losing money even more because you have no income coming in. What happens if you decide today, right now, that the reason you got into real estate in the first place was to be rich and use our definition, listeners. It's very simple. It's where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. It's where you have enough money coming in every month that covers your personal overhead. When you accomplish that goal, and all of you can in a shockingly short period of time, when you accomplish that goal, you will find yourself rising emotionally to another level you because you will then have space in your mind to think about other things like the passions of life for example to julie's point if you no longer had to worry about money where money was coming in in abundance enough so the all the money coming in was covering all your personal overhead and then let's say you even increased that a little further you then could have what in your life that you don't have now you don't even know isn't that interesting? You don't know what you do with the time, with the mental energy. I promise you it's a hell of a lot better than having to worry about money constantly. But what happens is it becomes so it, – it just becomes so comfortable. Having to have the 800-pound financial gorilla on your back becomes comfortable. It becomes something you're, you're expected to live with that burden your entire life. Get it? This is called software. It's called how we're programmed. Do you want to live like that the rest of your life? Is that a choice you would have made for yourself when you were a little kid thinking about how you'd feel at this point in your life to never be able to shake that 800-pound financial gorilla off your back? Would you have chosen that for yourself? Would you choose that for your children? Well, you are 
because you're teaching them to act just like you have, which has led yourself to a point where you haven't been able to make a, a real strides towards most of you, towards being rich where your money works for you no longer work for your money. Are you happy about that? Here's the thing. You can change it. If you're allowing yourself, if you say, damn it, you know what? This Harris guy, maybe he's got something going on with regards to this particular point. How much, then you're going to start saying, okay, what do I have to do? I'll tell you exactly what you have to do. Download the real estate treasure map. I'm going to give it to you for free. Just text the word Harris to H-A-R-R, I'm sorry, text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Six free books that you're going to download. The one I want you to download the first is the real estate treasure map, and that's going to get you started in going through all your numbers in a real way. Not Again, not just some touchy-feely, frothy, surface approach to forming a business plan, but this is your exact step-by-step um, pathway towards knowing exactly how much money you have to earn and knowing exactly how many listings you have to have, knowing everything that you need to know so you can actually create your own path to having freedom. That's what you need to seriously consider giving yourself as the greatest gift. Because all the tchotchkes and all the double macchiatos and all the trips to Paris will mean, uh, they mean absolutely nothing compared to the sense of just absolute incredible, almost spiritual relief that comes from not having to think about money anymore. Now, you'll have to think about it. Maybe that's overstating it. But not having it be a burden. That's a reality that all of you can experience in your lives. And you can experience it, like I continuously say, in shorter periods of time, but you just have to give yourself permission to load new software. So we're going to pick up tomorrow where we left off today and, uh, or Wednesday, depends on if this interview actually happens tomorrow. In the meantime, if you guys need to get a hold of me for anything, feel free to text me. It's 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.